Christmas Traditions with Howard Eyrick on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth in Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. Oh, this is one of my favorite times of year. This is actually one of my favorite podcasts that we do all year. And it's become quite a Christmas tradition for us at ACBC to involve one of our members that maybe many of you know and talk to them about some of their Christmas traditions. And this week I have with me Dr. Howard Eyrick. He's a recent Academy member. Listen, I couldn't be more thrilled about Howard and Randy Patton this past year being inducted as an Academy member of ACBC. What a well-deserved thing, their service to biblical counseling in general, the movement itself, and ACBC in particular. And Howard is still very, very active in the work of ACBC as a fellow. He also teaches at Birmingham Theological Seminary. He holds, as I mentioned earlier, a DMIN degree, but he's also the director of their DMIN program and the chair of their master's program at Birmingham Theological Seminary, and he still serves and teaches there. Many of you have taken courses with Howard through the years, and listen, I can't wait, Howard, to to hear a little bit about Christmas around the Irick household. Brother, let me just say, first of all, from from all of us at ACBC, we're grateful for you. We stand on the strength of shoulders of men just like you and the work that you still continue to do. And we we find ourselves grateful for, for you and your work so very often. And it's a pleasure to have you with us on the podcast to talk about these Christmas traditions. Well, thank you, Dale. It's good to be with you. And it's a joy in God's providence to be in this movement from the very beginning and watch it grow, watch it to have its... Uh, struggles from time to time and rise above them and keep on going and keep getting the, the job done. Yeah, it, it's really, it's it's interesting to me that you were in the room on many of the occasions that I wish I was just a fly on the wall to watch. And you've you've lived a part of that life. And man, what, a, what an exciting thing and, and fun thing to, uh, you know, when, whenever I get with you, I enjoy talking about things of, of the past and history a little bit about the biblical counseling movement. But today our task is to talk about Christmas. So I, I want to Howard, just get your perspective on Christmas. One of the things, this is one of my favorite times of year, certainly, but it's fun for me to think back over my short life and and think about all the the neat memories that I have, particularly of this time of year with family and that sort of thing. What, what about for you, Howard? What are some of the the neat things as you look back over your life that, that Christmas memories start to arise? What are some of those things? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind, it only happens once, hopefully, in life. I brought my wife home, who was then my fiance, to meet my parents. Although she didn't stay with my parents, she stayed with my spiritual parents, who were just 10 years older than I was. And I, we, she stayed with them, and she knew this because I wanted their imprimatur on her. Mm. And <laughs> because they, had, <clears throat> they were the first functional marriage I'd ever seen in my life. And they became my models, mm. and and they had a lot of influence in my life. So I wanted to be sure they were pleased with us. So she stayed with them. We had a great time. <laughs> uh, so that's my first Christmas memory. My second Christmas memory <clears throat> is our first Christmas tree, mm. and my stupidity. <laughs> we went to my dad's farm, and we cut our own tree down. It, <laughs> you know, out in the out in the forest, it doesn't look as big as it does when you bring it in. <laughs> 
we ended up with about a 14 foot tree because the apartment we were living at the seminary was had 18 foot ceilings. <laughs> so it really actually fit the room. Well, that was fine. We got it, we hauled it in, we got it set up, and we we're going to decorate it that night. We had gone and bought ornaments and stuff because this was our first Christmas. And <clears throat> she went in to sit in the tub and kind of take a great time getting ready to do that and be all um, new bride, you know. Well, my buddy came by, who we used to call roommate because he spent so much time with us, who I just had a chance to visit after 13 years of not seeing him last, last week. I thought we'd do her favor and so we'd decorate the tree. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a memory she never lets me forget. <laughs> yes. There's a reason it's a memory because it's brought back up quite a bit, I'm sure. <laughs> another one is another very special one. And this may minister to somebody that's listening. My dad at Alzheimer's, I think you're aware of that. And probably about three years from the end of his life, maybe maybe it was four, he was still had moments of lucidity and you could you could really relate to him. While I was managing his affairs at that point, because he was not capable of doing so. Mm. <clears throat> and so I got him and my children in the old pickup truck, and we went to the tree farm. And before we went, I put money in my dad's pocket, and I said, Pop, you buy the tree. So we went to the tree farm, and he and the kids picked the tree up, huh. cut it down, we drug it back, they, ba they bagged it up like they do, and we brought it home. But before we did, Pop paid for the tree, and he bought hot chocolate for all of us, and we stood there and drank hot chocolate together. And then we came home and I loaded a tree and took it in the house to set it up. And I said something to dad about buying the tree and thanking him. He looked at me with a blank stare. Mm -hmm. He had no memory of what just happened. Mm -hmm. But I had a great memory of seeing him and my kids mm -hmm. enjoy. That was probably the last time we got to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's so neat to hear the way the Lord just gives special times, especially around this time of year with, with family and it's centered around, around family. Well, another fun one, if I can give you one more quickly, another fun one was <clears throat> 1981. We moved to Miami in July mm -hmm. and Christmas rolled around and we went Christmas shopping and tree shopping in Bermuda shorts and t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> After having moved from Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that because as a as a Florida boy, I grew up in Florida, and it, it is on most occasions during Christmas, uh, which in, in December we're still running around in shorts, and that was sort of the way we celebrated celebrated Christmas. Well, hey, that, that man, those are really exciting. I love. I just love to hear stories of individuals and and ways that they remember certain things in the past of their life. I, I want to ask a little bit. Uh, more, maybe some of the ways, Howard, even today and, and things that you guys have started about the ways that you prepare your home and your heart for this season of Christmas. Because for us as Christians, Christmas has a, a special meaning, certainly. So describe to us how you guys prepare for this time of year. Well, first of all, my wife has a tremendous decorating skill. Mm -hmm. People walk into my home anytime during the year and they think it's professionally decorated. Mm -hmm. She just has that knack for putting things together, colors and places and the whole the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So she has collected a village. You know those villages, those oh, yeah. I forget what you call them, but those villages. She has a collection of those. 
So we, we get those out and she sets all those up and we put a tree up and most of the time we decorate the tree together. This year we didn't because last year we threw our tree away mm. after we moved. And uh, so we had one little one, about three feet. So they said, you know what? We're not going to go buy another one this year. We'll just use this one this year. Okay. So she decorated that one. There wasn't room for two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has stockings for every person in the family. In fact, this year we have a new son, uh, grandson-in-law, uh-huh. and she said, put the signs. I, said, I realized I didn't have one for Trevor, so she quickly ordered one so if we'd have one for Trevor. <laughs> and those are always special because the Christmas when we exchange gifts, she just takes down the stocking. And the, the, we have a, a home, you put in the front door, and there's a long hallway goes back to the great room and the kitchen and so forth. So she just hanged them in that hallway. And so they decorate the hallway, and she just takes them down and brings them out and hands them to the kids to for their stocking gifts. We've gotten to the place where we don't do much in terms of gifts for adults. We put for the children, but not the smaller children. The other children, all they want is the gift card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this year, we will not get everybody together. My son-in-law's mother is in a nursing home, has been, but it's gotten even more complicated this year. And they live in Augusta, and we live here. And I have two grand, two married grandsons that live in Charlotte, and a married granddaughter lives in Winston-Salem. So we won't get that gathering together. And so those things won't happen this year the way we they almost happen annually. Another thing I might say, just again for might minister to others, is we have lived 500 to 1,000 miles away from family almost our entire ministry of life. So I just say to people, don't don't let the miles get in between. Mm. Figure out a way to get together. It doesn't necessarily have to be on the day. Just mm. figure out a way to get together and celebrate the Lord's birth together as a family, as many of as you can. Mm. And we've done that. My in-laws drove every year up here. Or we drove down there from Philadelphia to Atlanta, Atlanta to Philadelphia, St. Louis to Atlanta, Atlanta to St. Louis. Mm. <laughs> Miami to Atlanta, Atlanta, Miami, but it, it's been great. It really has. It, kept, it keeps the family well connected. Mm. We play Christmas music throughout from Thanksgiving to Christmas. It's usually every evening it's on mm-hmm. or dinner time, if not before. And a lot of times it plays a lot of the day. I, the speakers are right outside my office door, so I can put it on and have it almost playing all day in the background when I'm working. Mm. And when our kids were small, we made Christmas ornaments together. And we always had a birthday cake for Jesus mm-hmm. that my daughter, even when she was three, four years old, helped my wife bake, mm-hmm. fix it up and put it together and make it special. Oh, I love that. I think we, we, we haven't done the birthday cake for Jesus. I love that. We have to implement that. And we haven't done the ornament thing. That sounds like a lot of fun. We, we've done the sugar cookies and the decorating and all that good stuff. But ornaments, man, that sounds fun and a good way to remember, you know, every year. Howard, as we get a little bit closer to Christmas and you think about, you know, even Christmas Eve and, and Christmas Day, what does that type typically look like? So if we were to zoom in sort of into your world and and I know you said sometimes it's at your house and sometimes it's other places, but but what do those days typically look like as you guys gather with family? Well, if we're all together, we always have pancake breakfast, strawberries, blueberries, the whole nine yards. Mm. Uh, my son-in-law loves to do that. So if he's around, if he's here or the, at his house, either one, he gets to griddle up and make the pancakes and and uh, 
he just enjoys doing that. And he, he, he makes the best bacon. Boy, he, he just knows just how to get it just right. And uh, we always do candlelight service. That's, that's a tradition. I've been doing that since before I, I went to seminary. I think after, I think my first year as a Christian, I went to, at 17, I went to a candlelight service on Christmas Eve. And I don't think I've maybe missed one or two in, in my entire adult life. Uh, those are special. In Miami, it was really kind of neat because we did an 11 to 12 service with the family. And then we walked out and we walked out the front doors of the church and we gathered around in a large circle, everybody holding their candle and singing Silent Night with the news camera crew out there capturing it and playing on the news later that night. Mm. So that one, that one was a really special one to remember. Mm. We exchanged gifts. Before we exchanged gifts, we always read the Christmas story. And if, there's, if, if there are children there who are capable of doing so, uh, we will do that. In fact, it's interesting. My you know, oldest great-grandson is only four, but he is reading at a third-grade level. So if he's here, I don't think he will be, but if he's here, I'm going to have him read the Christmas story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Other than exchanging gifts and just having a lot of good fellowship and watching some games together, that, that, that doesn't mix with Christmas, and yet in our culture, it's just part of Christmas. Mm. You know? Howard, it's so interesting. I love to hear just, just what happens. And as you're talking, it's so amazing to me. I'm, I'm thinking of smells that, that resonate when I, when I walk into our home during Christmas and, you know, the baking and the, the food and the, you know, the different smells of candles and whatnot. Uh, even when you talk about reading the Christmas story on, on Christmas morning and having kids maybe enact the, the story, that sort of thing. I mean, all that is just a flood of, of really neat things that, that a lot of people share. I want to ask you one last question, Howard, and I want you to think about this just from, from you personally. As you think about the incarnation and you think about Christ coming to earth and what we celebrate during this time of year, how do you in your mind, how do you keep that fresh? How do you keep that as something that's significant and important? Because as we tie together, certainly the Christmas story makes the Easter story matter. And the Easter story would be really little to nothing without what we celebrate this time of year in the virgin birth. So Talk just for a second about the meaning of Christ to you, the incarnation, the coming of Christ, and just personally what that means. That's a hard task to catch, to, to put in capsule form. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I love the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And I read the Old Testament a lot. I, I, right now I'm doing my quiet time, one chapter of Deuteronomy a day. Mm -hmm. Reading the Old Testament to me, make the incarnation really come alive. Mm. Not only the prophecies, but the contrast of God walking among us over against God's representative leading us in Moses and Joshua and the prophets and so forth. We've got, in, we've got the whole package now. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so... The incarnation to me is 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 wrapped up in in the fulfillment of everything I I saturate myself with in the Old Testament. Mm. And that doesn't mean I don't love the New Testament because the New Testament fills in all, a lot of the detail, but it's that it's that ongoing mm -hmm. 
growing fulfillment mm -hmm. that makes it a re makes it a greater reality for me. I love that. I mean, it is it's a constant uh, preparing, waiting for the Christ to come, waiting for the Messiah to come, and you read that constantly throughout the Old Testament, and then and then you hear the announcement of Christ is coming, the Messiah is coming, and and we have that as the New Testament describes that mystery which was hidden before has now been revealed and it, it makes this time of year special. It makes the times that we get to enjoy with our families special. And Howard, this has been great, man. I've really enjoyed getting to hear some of your stories. And I'm going to ask your wife at some point about that first year that you guys decorated the tree. And I'd love to talk to her about that. This has been great, brother. I appreciate it. And uh, I know our members are going to love hearing a little bit about Howard Eirich and his family during during Christmas. listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I'm so grateful for Howard and the ministry that, that the Lord has given him these so many years and continues to give him. And he's been a faithful steward of that. And ACBC has been really blessed historically to stand on strong shoulders, just like men like Howard Eirich. And it's so good to, to see them, to hear from them, to, to recognize them and their work and the, the work that's ongoing for them. And uh, that's led to where we are today, the, the strength that we see within ACBC and the growth that we've seen and experienced over the, the past several years, and we're so grateful for that. And that ministry needs to continue. We want it to continue. And so it is that time of year. I, I want to ask you if you if the Lord has blessed you and you're looking for a place to give, ACBC would, would love certainly to receive those year-end gifts. And I want to remind you if, if ACBC has blessed you in some way via the podcast or any of the resources that we've done, Go to our website, find the donate page, and give a, a year-end gift to, to bless our ministry so that the work that we try and do continues as we try to encourage churches to raise up people who will minister well, the scriptures, those who are broken, those who are hurting, because we believe the scriptures have the answers to the problems that people face. So go visit us at our website, the donate page, biblicalcounseling.com. <music>